Backdoor Cut. Hey yo. Back for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here as always with the must-have mixed emotions about the Marcus Smart trade, Jake Eisenberg. Man, if you would have spoken to me, I don't know how long it's been now, but the day of, day after, immediate aftermath, week aftermath, uh, I would just be driving down the road. (laughs) <laughs> on, the way, on the way on the way home from the shops sunset and just thinking about the next season for the Celtics and and then realizing Marcus visualizing Marcus Smart on the court and then realizing that that is no more and then just yeah it's tough <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry I brought it back <laughs> no up. no it's okay we're, we're good we're good happy happy not not sad that it's over happy that it happened Okay, that's very positive way to look at it, Jake. Yeah. And you would have heard the giggles in the background there of must be chuffed for all these Aussie deals in free agency, Matt Beatty. It is it's the rose gold summer. It is, it <laughs> yeah. is this is a watershed moment for Australians in the NBA. This this free agency. This is it's been everybody's getting paid. This is awesome. It's crazy. Like it's raining money on these Aussies. And Mate. there's an argument to be made that Maybe that's a lot of money to be spending on these players, but uh, we will kick right into our favorite and only segment here on Backdoor Cut, the Rose Gold (laughs) Moment of the Week, where we celebrate anything and everything Australian basketball at home or abroad. And we have a lot of contenders this week because, as we just said, there has been free agent signings galore. We are making bank. Former NBL players, draftees, like... Let's run through them. We have. This one was kind of shocking to me. <laughs> Man. Uh, if you haven't already read, Joe Ingles has signed a two-year deal with the Orlando Magic for $22 million, which is a lot of money to be paying for a 37-year-old coming off an ACL injury. He was okay on the bucks, but 22 mil. That's that's a lot of money. Good on Joe for pulling in that kind of that kind of bank. And that's that's USD, fellas. Yeah, yeah. That's USD, boys. USD. That's that's tw- that's thirty three mil True. AUD. This boy's cleaning up. Very much at the tail end of his career. You can't ask for much more than that. Like, this, the, is this like the most expensive deal he's ever signed? No, no he, he signed no. a big yeah, the one. Utah one. What was that? That was like what he was like close to twenty a, a year. He had like it? a he had a four year sixty or something yeah, in, in yeah. that ballpark in Utah, which that was his big deal. Yeah. But I mean, this is but mate, this is awesome at this point in his career. Yeah. Everybody, dude, the NBA, dude, this is why it's the never broke again league. Yeah. <laughs> the cap is going up, up, up. Like yeah. some of the people that are getting some of these contracts, uh, but I'm happy for Joe. I actually think it fits the Magic. Like it's it's an, it's an overpay. Like in a vacuum, it's an overpay for Joe Ingles. When you look at some of the other deals that went around, like I think he's, is he getting? It's all he's almost getting as much as Austin Reeves. Like it's yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, it's a high you, price to pay for leadership. But this is but that's what they need. Yeah, they need a guy that can come in and play like 15, 20 a night. Shoot, and then they they saw really missed shooting last year, mm. so he can still do some shooting. He always gives you the playmaking, and look. He's never, he's always going to be six foot eight, you know? <laughs> That's true. Hey, maybe this is the very first step of Joe Ingles' eventual hypothetical buying an NBL team. Who knows? Mate, this definitely can't hurt. 
No, no, it can't. How much do, do they go know? for these days? Yeah, probably less than twenty-two million <laughs> yeah, USD. Uh, another crazy deal that got signed for the Houston Rockets: Jock Landale, big backdoor cut favorite, four years, thirty-two million dollars. Okay, only yeah, 22, yeah. 23, uh, sorry, only 23, 24 yeah. is guaranteed of that deal. So, so yeah, so it took $2 million. Yeah. So it's, it's $8 million. Million. Like, Yeah. Why, why would they only guarantee the first year? Like, it's, it's a weird one. Like, it is weird. I think they, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Do not really get it. But it's, so for all intents and purposes, it's 8 mil. And if he plays well and he fits in, then he's guaranteed to kind of just like, have that option picked up. It's it's big for Jock to come in and mm. go bounce around Spurs, thrown around in a deal to the Hawks for a second, over to the Suns. And look, he, he earned it. He was awesome last season. And $8 million USD <laughs> is... That's life-changing money, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, and I guess he is a just shy of seven footer and he can stroke it. So that's what you pay for a shooting big man these days. I don't I like, I don't, I, the Houston stuff, this free agency is big. Yeah, I, I know we're going to get into it later, but like, oh, it's, boy. like I, like maybe now with a little bit of time to think of it, like, I don't know if you're Jock Lander, like surely there's a, maybe even a better deal or a better situation out there, but like. I, I, I mean, we saw it last year in Phoenix. He's, he's obviously an NBA player. Like, he's good enough to be at this level. And, and I think this contract, if, if it, you know, it goes further than this first year, you know, it's, 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 it demonstrates that. But, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, fuck, I, I just don't want him to be on this Houston team that could be, could be great, but it could also be a disaster as well. Like, it's, I do it's, hear you. Yeah. I do hear you. It's... We can talk. We can talk about Houston now. That's fine. We can we can kind of sleep back in. But quick like, pivot. Quick I pivot. do. I do think that there's a world where he plays a lot of minutes. Udoka, yeah. they've brought in all these veterans, and now there's like two teams: the young and the old. Mm. And you know, Shengun's cool and all, like Baby Jokic, really flashy, skilled offensive player, big man, disaster on defense. Disaster Jock's on defense. Jock's not a great defender either, though. Oh, he's, no, but no, he's solid, though. He's going to be in the right places. He's going to fight. He's going to scrap. He's going to rebound. He's much better defender than Shangun did. Mm. Dude, Jock, Jock held his own in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Shangun couldn't hold his own on a 20-win team. I think I, I think Jock's shooting as well. Like he, He's going to be able to play with other bigs in in, in, in this in other lineups as well. Like if, if he has to slide over and play the four or... Yeah, it could, so could I think be that a Shengun and Jock lineup. Yeah, and I mean, let's see how Jabari Smith goes in in year two and, and the development there. But like, I, I I I like. Obviously, we all like Jock, and I think that he is he's an NBA player for years to come. It's just you know, how is this situation gonna gonna play out in Houston? I guess we'll get a better idea as the season gets underway. But uh, yeah, on, on the surface of it, it's great to sign this deal. Hopefully, he can see see it through to the end. The good news is they don't have any other bigs really outside of uh, Shangun. So worst case, he's like a just a straight up backup big fifteen. And yeah. Shangun got into foul trouble heaps of times last season, so he'll he'll definitely be getting minutes. And I have a feeling that Udoka's. I he would have had a hand in the signing anyway, right? So yeah. I think Udoka's going to 
it's going to be one of those things where Doka feels like he wants to play Jock because he's like just doing all the right things and doing the dirty work. Mate, Paddy's Paddy's put in the good word. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah, he's got the Paddy stamp. Congratulations to Jock. Uh, another free agent deal, Jack White from uh, NBA champion Jack White. NBA champ. Let, let me just crack myself. NBA champion Jack White has signed a two-year, $4 million deal with the Thunder to form a new Australian trio after the Thunder also traded for uh, Paddy. They now have Josh Giddy, Jack White, and Paddy Mills all on the same team. And we already were horny on the Thunder this oh, year. Yeah. So this is really cool. Like I think every Aussie will be keeping an eye on the Thunder all year long. Yeah, look, I don't know if this really helps my bet of the Thunder to win the West at 71 to 1. Um, <laughs> as much as I love Jack White and I love Patty Mills, I don't know <laughs> if this helps them take a step closer to winning the Western Conference. But I, I don't, Jack, Jack White must have killed it in the G League, man, because. Um, he did. He did kill it. He, he yeah, was really good. But I, like, who does the problem? It? I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I you're mean, right. You know. But, like, it, <laughs> It's one of these things where OKC right now I've got like twenty guys so, on the yeah. roster, so like something's going to obviously give between now and, and the start gone, of, of the season. So this is where, you know, obviously as, as much as it's exciting to have three Aussies on one team, and obviously we all love Patty, it's like I think there's still a little bit more to play out between now and the start of the season. Obviously Josh Giddy is is locked up, but like for the other two, who knows? There could be a little bit more movement here. I mean, Patty was uh, Houston Rocket four days ago or five days ago, whatever it was. So, like, yeah, I, I think there's more to come here. But, like, I don't know. At the same time, I think you can definitely talk yourself into Paddy Mills being a sort of veteran leader in mm-hmm. in this locker room if if that's the, the route that OKC want to go as well. I think you would definitely have value on this team. I think that they definitely – to be, but at the same time, like, you, you contrast Houston and, and OKC. Houston desperately needed veterans – OKC was operating like a like a team that had poise and maturity already. So from that perspective, I don't think they're as desperate for it, clearly, uh, as the Rockets shelled out like the GDP of a small country for old old people to play on their team. But I, I said it before we hopped on, I my prediction would be that he either gets bought out or moved or waived, and he is just perfect for the Nuggets. Like mm. off ball movement, they signed Reggie Jackson, but Paddy would would fit. I actually think better with Jokic handoff game with Jokic. Paddy, like not scared of the big moment, big playoff games, big playoff. Paddy back in the mix. He's got more in him. Very got, well, maybe the case. Yeah, <clears throat> very well, maybe the case. As of today, he is a th- uh, Oklahoma City Thunderin. There is three of them, and it is fucking awesome. Um, and just quietly, quick pivot, Chet Holmgren played a great game in the Summer League yesterday. He did. And I'm sure the Thunder fans are getting really excited about that too. And both Jalen Williams because they have two. He looked, Chet looked um, awesome, dude. Yeah, it's kind of funny. This, this is what I mean. They've got so many dudes. Like that, yeah. I, I think that pretty much their starting five of that game the other day, we're all, they all played in an NBA last year. Like, yeah. They're all going to be guys yeah. on the roster this year. So it's like I just don't see a path. For, for probably either Jack or, or Patty to, to to get minutes in the rotation, so I don't know. Like I think again, I think both of those guys. Obviously, Patty don't even need to talk about it. But Jack is is a guy that I think can 
be an NBA player as well if you can find a role on, on a team that has that need. It would be bizarre yeah. to sign Jack White to a two-year contract with no use for him. Like, surely they see maybe they're like, ah, we'll bring him in and we'll suss him out. And if he's good, then he can hang around. But like, they Giddy's must just, have some interest yeah, in this. He's guy. flexing his superstar muscles, Giddy. He, he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got we got to keep being LeBron. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to keep Joshy happy. You know, <laughs> bring, bring in Jack White because I mean, Giddy t- was on Twitter and was like. Because some OKC page was, it was is you know is Jack White good? Question mark. Giddy replies, yes, he is good. That's like yeah, <laughs> love that. The, the 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 front courts where they had question marks last season, and Jack White can be that power forward. I don't think he can play small ball five, maybe in a pinch, but um, I like him, and he gets out on the break, which I think fits this Thunder team really well. He's he's got a good he's got a good vertical on him. You know, it's, yeah, it's super the, athletic dude. It's, yeah. it's the white, it's the white man um, illusion. I I saw him on the break watching Jack White tape, and I was expecting him to lay these balls up, but he he, he throw he he was yeah. hammering on people in the G League. Yeah. So like so many athletic. of our guys, like it's it's just the shooting would be yeah, that could come along. It's, <laughs> it's, that's that's probably the big thing, and like it's the you can maybe curse. make a case a little bit. Like you kind of touched on it. Like he's maybe it's too small to play play five, but like. You know, in the NBL, he could play five for Melbourne United and get away with it. Uh, but in the NBA, I think it's just a different its a different kind of game. So I, I definitely think there's a role for him and his skill set, whether it's here or not, I don't know. But hopefully hopefully, it's its its still plenty more to come from, from him in, in an NBA uniform. Yeah. Uh, the final deal I want to bring up here for our rose gold little party... Settle down, Joshy. ...is now. my favourite. <laughs> my favourite, definitely. And we said this was going to happen a year and a half ago when this player first left the NBA, took their talents to Europe to find themselves again instead of rotting on the end of an NBA bench and did so and became a very strong player in Europe and is now coming back to NBA with a three-point shot, already a fearsome defender. I cannot wait to see Dante Exum back in the NBA on the Dallas Mavericks no real de- details about what his deal looks like, but he is signed multi-year, if I'm not wrong, and will form a formidable duo with Josh Green to protect <laughs> Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. It's all these like Avengers spin-off movies, but Aussie boomers just mm. around the NBA. We've got Dante and Josh. Yeah, it's all, it's awesome. I love it. Vady must be. Jumping for joy, he's bought his he's bought his Mavs season tickets. Yeah, yeah. Exum jersey. Yeah, he's renting an apartment in Dallas. Dude, I I mean I have never given up on Dante because I neither just, have I. He he I I I just I can see it with him. I I really do think he he's an NBA player, and I think maybe the year away in Europe was was the perfect thing to do to go over there and, and get the body right you're probably not playing as many games over there you've got more time in between games i think that could have been a factor um getting out of that nba spotlight a little bit obviously with him being a, a fifth overall pick back in 2015 or whatever heap of expectation that comes on a lottery pick i feel like we've talked about that on the pod in the past it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad nba player if you don't live up to the hype of wherever you're you're taken in the lottery but he gets a second bite of the cherry now. And obviously it's a situation in Dallas where they're kind of desperate. They need bodies on the court that are going to fit around Luca and, and whatever we get from Kyrie. 
and this is a guy that they're going to get over essentially on a, on a vet minimum. I'm pretty sure. Like I don't think it's going to be much more than that. So from from his perspective, it's it's a little bit of a risk because he's probably leaving a bit of money on the table. He could have earned more in Europe, but at the same time, obviously the goal for him is to get back in the NBA, and and this is the path for him to do it. And I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity in Dallas. The big difference this time around for Dante Exum is that he leaves Europe shooting yeah. 39.8% I, from three I saw three like 42% like that, rolling around is, on Twitter. Like, geez. Yeah. Um, and we already know from watching him on the Boomers in particular how aggressive he can be going to the rim, how hard-nosed a defender he can be. So if he comes in and can hit that three-point shot as well, I have seen no reason why he couldn't start for this team. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, we've got another Aussie on the roster in Josh Green too, right? I think they both could start. Yeah, look, I don't know. Like, I I think one of the things with Dante Josh that start. Josh I start. like so much yeah. about... Yeah, I think Josh is going to be the one more than anything because I think Dante, the idea at least, is that he is a secondary ball handler who, you know, if one of Kyrie or Luca is not on the floor, then that's a guy that you hopefully will feel confident that he can handle the ball for, for stretches. I don't know. In the past, I, I think that's probably been an area of weakness that people have picked him apart a little bit in the NBA context and, and maybe why he, he ended up not in the league anymore. But let's hope that maybe there's been a bit of progress and he's, he's worked on that part of his game. He's got a little bit better there. But yeah, I mean, obviously the defensive chops have always been there. And I think if if the situation calls for it, he's going to be on the on the court defending you know the the lead guard on the other team if if need be between him or Josh. I think they've got two guys that they can sort of use as as strike sort of guard slash wing defenders if 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 that's what the situation calls for. I have a prediction. I can't wait. I have a prediction. Go on. The Luca Dante Josh Green kind of one two three lineup is going to be more effective. Than the Kyrie Irving version, there's going to be like Very some there's going to be like some advanced numbers that come out that are like when Josh Green and Dante and Luca share the court, their net rating is going to be better than when Kyrie and Luca share the court. Because Jack this down, yeah. listener, Jake's putting his ghoulies on the table. I think I think there's that. I don't believe that that the Mavs this year are going to be going away. I don't think they have the ability to go away from Luca Ball just yet. And I think Dante plays within the context of Luca Ball better than Kyrie does because if you want to be successful in in Luca Ball, that year they made the conference finals, it was Luca spraying the ball out and actually they were good at defense. And I think on an, in an 82-game season, like Kyrie's defense is going to wax and wane. But as long as Dante is healthy, he's going to be a good defender. And if he's shooting 40% from three, then let's see. It would be fascinating, like pretty damning indictment of Kyrie if that ends up being the case, that Dante comes from Europe and forms a better three-headed monster. But I, it, like, there's a reality there, like that can happen. I'm not saying necessarily that like, they'll uh, actually look, be better. We're, we're, just, like, yeah. we're just banking on the days until Kyrie yeah. incident scandal implosion whatever you want to call it. that's what that bet is and like i i mean at this point in his career we don't even need to talk about it we know what it is let's just we, if anything it needs to be well let's see Kyrie string a season together where yeah. there's incident free and he's just yeah. playing good basketball and he's hooping that's that's what i guess dallas need that's what they 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 outlaid this money for essentially 
just signed a brand spanking th- new three-year deal, so we'll see. Either that, or you know, he's getting traded in in by the by the deadline. He's in a different uniform again, which is say, very possible. He might he's going to be on his best behavior to start the season, uh, maybe a whole season, but there will be a trade request sometime in the next 12 months within this deal (laughs) well outside of these like ridiculously cool deals for Aussies in the NBA there are a heap of NBL players currently in the US for summer league playing on this team and that team I'm not going to list them all out because there's so many but definitely go have a look Keep an eye, in particular, Sydney Kings fans, on the Wizards because they have Xavier Cooks and DJ Vasilievich, which is mad. Um, why don't we kick into now some of the free agent stuff and some of the trade potentials that are floating around. Uh, big news that Dame has supposedly formally let the Blazers know he wants to be traded. Uh horrifically three days after they signed Jeremy Grant to a massive deal, which I'm sure they wouldn't have done if they knew Dame was leaving. Uh, But he did. And he said he wants to play for the Miami Heat. So what's the go? I I think they signed him, Jeremy Grant, to that deal regardless. They had to have known this was like basically about to happen. Um, So, you know, I was freaking out a little bit about the Bradley Beal situation to Miami. Um, I'm also freaking out. It's probably not quite the word, but I am freaked out because if Miami's able to, if Portland bitches it and doesn't extract, like, he's going to Miami. I don't think, I don't believe anything else. I don't believe Utah. I don't believe whatever Brooklyn, he's going to go to Miami, but if they don't extract every last pe- <laughs> drop of blood, <laughs> from Miami on this deal, it's going to be a coup. Adam Silver should step in. Pat Riley should be sent to Guantanamo Bay. And I'll be, up, I'll, I'll be upset. Um, but, baby, yeah. It's, uh, I'm I sure they'll yeah. try, but, like, it becomes a, a lot harder when Dame has said, I want to play for the Heat and the Heat only. So, like, unless they're just willing to piss him off and send but, him elsewhere anyway, like... He just he just signed a, t- a third team gets involved. He's, just, he's wrapped yeah. up long term. Like I yeah. I it, it, it's a trickier one than the KD one. You know when he was on Brooklyn and and obviously ultimately ended up on Phoenix. And I think even that was very like we all looked at that and was like, how are they going to get a trade? Where is the value here? And then somehow Phoenix was the team that emerged and 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 put something together, which. You know, you look at it now, Good and if package. you're a Brooklyn fan, like that that haul that they got back, like Mikael Bridges is like that is, I, I I'm you're loving life if you're a Brooklyn fan. You you had that experience, the KD Curry Harden experience, and it's, I mean, obviously you've still got a massive Ben Simmons sized pimple on your on your <laughs> chin that you you're still trying to work out what to do with. Maybe you're going to pop it. Maybe you're going to put some proactive on it. I don't know, but <laughs> um, like. You've come out of it pretty, pretty well considering, but like, you know, you'd look at this Portland situation now, and obviously you've now just drafted Scoot Henderson. You've got another player in Anthony Simons who you feel really good about. Sharp. It's a, it's a team that is sharp as well. Yeah. It's a team that is young and, and, and they're going to be building for the future. And, and obviously Dame, I guess, is on a different timeline and he wants to win. And I, I don't think there's any going to be hard feelings there, but it's just how is that organization going to get 
anywhere near fair value and I just I don't see it so if that's the case then why why do the Blazers why bend the knee here why trade when you're not going to get anywhere near near fair value it's just crazy that where we're at now with this stuff where it was always we saw this coming two years ago when Dame signed the extension and it was all I'm not running from the grind Paul George is running from the grind I think Paul George clapped back I think uh yeah, he did. Pod and he, um, you know, he's what you want to go to the team that just did in the finals. All right, settle down, settle down, Dane. But yeah, look, if you're the Blazers, you, I think you you just, you just play it out. But okay, well, let, let me let me ask you this. I because I do think that this package isn't a complete disaster. You, I don't want Tyler Hero anywhere near this. Me, if I'm the Blazers, I I don't I think it's a negative value asset i already have scoot and anthony simons and sharp anthony simons is basically tyler hero so i don't need another one so you want i think you want kyle lowry's expiring because that just comes off the books and then duncan robinson to make the money work and then they've got Hamy harquez jr who i really liked i wanted the Celtics to grab and i knew as soon as the heat grabbed him he was the perfect heat player nikola jovic <laughs> as your young players and then You've got like two they first off round. At Summer League yeah, League. yeah, they were they were cooking yesterday, and then you get like two first round Caleb Martin, two first round picks, and all the re- and all the other picks, everything they got. It's not a disaster, like it's actually not too bad. Like those two young guys and those picks, Caleb Martin, you can spin into another player, or you can keep him. Your team actually looks all right. All of a sudden, Jeremy Grant the four, Caleb Martin at the three, or whatever. Um, Simon's off the bench, scooting sharp. Um, it's not a terrible, but they. I don't want to hear. If I fucking hear that this trade gets done or is is stuck because the Heat are like, we want to keep Caleb Martin, we want to keep Hamey Harquez or something like that. I'm gonna lose my shit. Like Cronin, you extract every drop out of these fuckers. Okay, that's it. I'll, then I can live with it because then the problem with the Beal deal was he had the no trade clause, and like the Suns, they didn't have to trade anything to get him. That was what really scared me. This, if they get, or if they take him down to spare parts, and it's thirty-three-year-old Dame, thirty-four-year-old Jimmy, and Bam plus spare parts, I don't feel as terrified anymore. Yeah, that's fair. I think it will come down absolutely to a, a picks thing. Like Heat are going to have to empty the Brinks truck worth of picks to flip to get to Dame because they don't have the players. Like I don't have the picks either. That's the, the thing. Well, like it's going to have to be everything yeah. they do have left because yeah. you can, you can make the salaries work, but that is not going to cut it. Like just getting Dame's deal off their books isn't worth getting rid of Dame. Um, so you're right. I think it's going to be if you pick swaps. If you've got a first rounder in three years time, like that yeah. is locked up to Portland. Um, but yeah, they are somewhat handcuffed by this demand that I'm only going to the heat. I, I just can't see it. I, I think he starts <laughs> the season in a Blazers uniform. Okay. I think he's. I, I, I just think you play hardball because there's just no incentive to take a shitty deal. Like I agree with you, Jake. I, if Tyler Hero is the centerpiece of a deal for Damian Lillard, then I'm already saying no. Like, I just don't. Like, Miami made it to the finals and Tyler Herod didn't even play a game in the playoffs. Like, what? how good is this guy versus... And, and you've got the overlap on your roster already. You've touched on that. Like, I just... 
I, I hate it for the Blazers, so I'm not. I, I'm playing hardball, Dame. Like either that, or yeah, we're sending you to some other place you don't want to go to. But I, I just don't like that deal. And or you have my, to get a third team involved. Yeah, yeah. But, but then again, it's just like we'll someone's just taking fucking Tyler Hero that doesn't want him. So it's just a weird look. Yeah, it it smells awful, awfully similar to the uh, Kevin Garnett trade in 2008. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, we've spelled out our thoughts on this one for Dame. How about the situation with James Harden, which again, everyone in the world could have told you was coming at some point or another. Um, obviously, he opted into his deal, so he gets paid bank next year and now is reportedly seriously upset with the 76ers brass for the way they handled everything and is demanding a trade. But who the hell is going to trade for James Harden and what kind of value could Philly possibly get back? You watch. The Bulls are going to trade for James well, Harden and I'm going to be actually, fucking furious. This is the thing because the Levine is being I, being floated as a, probably on the move or potentially on the move this offseason. But again, this would need to be a three-teamer because the Bulls have no if you're trading Zach Levine that means you're st- you're starting again again um right so like yeah i don't know how exactly that they would get that done this is a disaster for philly like you're on one hand you Boo-hoo. i'm 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 very upset very upset um, it's been it's been a good off season for the other teams in the in the east from my perspective so far but like on one hand, you play hardball, you do the you do the Ben Simmons thing, like Maury did, and you go into the season with Harden on the team. Harden plays. We've seen how good he is at tanking his value on the court. Infamously playing for the Rockets and looking like he has a concussion and doing the same thing with the freaking Nets uh, to get to to get to Philly. So he's he's has no shame in doing it again. I have no doubt. Or the current leader in the clubhouse is the Clippers poo-poo platter of like Norman Powell and Terrence Mann, which I actually like Norman Powell and Terrence Mann. But I take that if I'm if I'm Philly, I take that deal. Yeah, but like give that, me these parts that you don't think have any value. We'll yeah, show you something that the, really doesn't have a lot of value. I think the problem with Philly is is like that does they need an elite playmaker unless Maxi can take like this leap as a as a playmaker, which he might, but would be kind of out of nowhere. I, I think Maxi could take a big leap if James Harden isn't on the court taking up the ball. Like, J- Maxi looked awesome before James Harden got there. We were all singing his praises. Like, where the hell does this guy come from? Like, what's going on here? And then you bring in a guy who needs the ball 35% of every single possession of the game. Like, how is your other guard meant to grow his playmaking chops if he isn't allowed to do so? I say get rid of James Harden get a wing that can defend and shoot, give Maxi the ball, let Joel Embiid sit under the hoop. They will be at least as good as they were that last year. I have no doubt. Oh, I don't know, man. Like regular season... I just pray the Bulls don't make this deal. Regular season, the Sixers were really good with the Harden Embiid stuff. And I just... One of the biggest issues with the Harden... The Embiid, I mean, the Embiid thing has been... The Sixers have struggled to get in the ball. Like if they lose Harden, this will be like the worst passing team in the league. Unless Maxi, as you said, but like this would this would come out of nowhere. Like he he couldn't really run pick and roll very well last year. So he might get better at it. But like Embiid's 30, 
and the the window is like closing. The it might be now. closed. Yeah, 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 you need to. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, shouldn't have signed James Harden. Hey, <laughs> I mean, but that's Daryl. That's Daryl Morey. Like he's it's his entire career. Like that's. But it was good for. It was, you got it from Ben Simmons. Like that was a good deal. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know what you do, but yeah, Harden. I think no, no one, no one is going to be happy. I don't think after whoever trades for James Harden, whoever they get back for James Harden, I think everybody's going to be upset. He's not going to be happy. Philly's yeah. not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, You're at this right. point, like it's, it, I mean, it's kind of like the Kyrie situation. Like it, it's, it, it takes a special kind of desperate team to, to talk themselves into to thinking that this is a guy that you want to attach serious money to, long-term money to. Like at this point in, in his career, like Harden is, is, I think it's fair to say his best days are, are well and truly behind him. Like, obviously, we saw even in the playoffs last year, he can still, you know, in a, in a one-game situation, he can still get it together and look really good. But it's just like how much of that is reliable consistently, and and I, I don't think it's there. And I mean, obviously, he's got some, he's got a, a, a whole resume of bad playoff performances, bad, bad playoff moments as well. So it's. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like this Philly situation has just been depressing the whole time. Like if you're a Philly fan, like this whole process, like yeah, seriously, like like Embiid is just he's the one shining light throughout all of this, and it's you still feel bad for that guy because it's just like they just can't get the pieces around him. Hey, there was a good year also there with Covington, Saric, Embiid, Ben. That was mad. We all loved it. That's why we hung on to this fucking thing. But like that is dead. This is over. I was like, oh, ugh. yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, Jake, if you can summarize, tell us a bit about oh, this. Boy. Marcus Smart, Kevin Porzingis, Celtics. Kevin Porzingis, I like it. <laughs> Sorry, Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> Oh man, Freud, Freud it's, his, it's his Boston name, but it's just <laughs> yeah, 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 Kevin, Kev, Kev, Kev mate. Um, wow. Uh, where to begin with this one? Um, I firmly believe that the smart trade was happening, even without the Brogdon trade. I think that the Clippers trade was happening with Brogdon. Clippers backed out last second, um, and then the, the smart trade was supposed to be for Tyus Jones. That was going to be the second piece of the of the of the deal, and that was going to come later because they're on the clock till midnight for Porzingis to opt into that player option, so he could be traded. So, assuming I'm right, because the Brogdon leaving part is would have been, you know, good to get KP in for that, but the bigger part I think is that Brad had kind of decided that it was time for Marcus to move on. Um, and we get to the Porzingis fit as well, but I, I think that he was like, as much as like he was the heart and soul of the team and he he saved the Jays' ass countless times, um, at some point it needs to, like you need to just like take the training wheels off Jalen and Jason and like they essentially need to become the heart and soul of the team themselves. So from that perspective, you send Smart out. Um, and then you're bringing in Porzingis. The Celtics' number one issue has been offense in the past two seasons. As much as I love Marcus Smart, how many times was Beatty messaging me in the freaking group chat being like, Marcus Smart taking the last shot, maybe not what you want. Um, 
because when you get to the playoffs, who, who, who are you going to help off? You're is he's, he's it's not a, it's not a coincidence yeah. that Marcus Smart always ends up with the ball in his hands at the end of these games. It's because that's who teams want shooting. Um, you can't beat the zone. In comes Porzingis. You, you throw it to the seven foot three guy who can bang mid ranges. Um, he's kind of a mix sort of off on offense between Al Horford and, and Robert Williams. He's a much more effective offensive player. Um, yeah, and then they extend him for thirty million. He's making less than Jeremy Grant. Um, he's twenty eight. Uh, the only concern is the health stuff. But, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, uh, I've I've talked myself into it being like a pretty high upside move, but definitely some, some potential downside. But um, he's not getting paid enough where it's really an issue. So I'm all for it. I think there's a reality where the Jalen Jason Porzingis big three is like pretty pretty lethal on kind of on both ends. I have long declared on this podcast that I feel Porzingis was getting too much hate. Um, I thought he had a good year on the Wiz. The Wiz just sucked. It's hard to really appreciate if a player's playing good if your team's so bad. But I thought he played well. He can score the ball. He can protect the rim. He's just not very mobile. But if the Celtics can find a way to hide that, then this is really interesting stuff. You'd kind of rather a seven foot three guy, as you say, that can hit the mid range, hit the odd three pointer, than someone that's going to jack it up and almost definitely miss or turn the ball over. So, I am so so curious, Beatty. How do you feel? <laughs> I. He's gone through the love story. I, I'm with not. Luca. I'm the. I. I. I am the. I'm the least KP person on this podcast. Let's yeah. start off with that. I I I in I actually like the trade for Boston because I, I think this is a team that has been conference finals or finals the last three or four seasons now, right? And they're they're right there. They're right on the cusp. They are well and truly in that sort of contender bracket. And I look at it and I think their margin for error is it's so fine now. Like what they 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 just need that last one or two percent to to really get over that hump. And so that's how I look at any move that they make. And I, I think when you look at it through that lens, I just don't think that KP is is the the thing that's going to get them over the top. I suppose that's how I, I always struggle to separate that from from maybe what it is in a vacuum mm-hmm. because, like, I, I can fully appreciate the, I guess, the roster constraints that they have. I, I think there's a genuine concern for Rob Williams and, and his health and how, much, how many games he's going to be able to play year on year. Uh, obviously, Al Horford's getting older and older. He's not getting younger, and and I think we saw him in the playoffs last year. Maybe, maybe a little bit of regression. Maybe not what you wanted at this point. And you were probably just asking too much of him at this point. So, if you bring in a, another big like KP, I totally understand that he's hopefully going to try and address both of those things, and that 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 totally makes sense to me. But I I I just think that there's other things that need to happen for that team to really get over the hump, I suppose. And I, I, I don't know whether that's a coaching thing or the, the rest of the roster or, or, or more improvement from Jason Tatum, which I think is, is certainly still going to happen. Like, I, I just think that that is probably more what's likely to, to get them to the championship than, than Kristaps Porzingis. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't hate the trade, but I, I just I, I struggle to look at Porzingis and be like, oh, this guy, I don't even want to call it a big three because I just, I know, again, he had a good... Good year in Washington. <laughs> How many playoff Ulster. games has he played? Like ten. I, 
can. I've, I've like, done. I just I'm, I can't. I, on what on what when he was in Dallas? Yeah, was that it? Like actually, I couldn't even like without even. Yeah, okay. That, I mean, did he ever have a series in New York? I don't think they no. ever made it. They was no. they were shit. Well, yeah. he was injured all the time, unfortunately. Well, no. Well, he, he, I mean, he had what when he started, he was okay, and then. And you, you even talk about the offense. And it's just like, what was Boston's offense last year? It was just jack a bunch of threes. So it's like, is is Chris Stapps going to be running up and d- down the floor jacking a bunch of threes? Or are they going to dramatically change how they play in order to to best utilize some of the stuff that he can do? Or is it literally going to be, okay, we're all, we're all just five out now and we're just going to shoot a bunch of threes and hopefully that they go in? Because, like, I guess if that's... If that's it, then you're probably still going to win enough games in the regular season, but that's going to fall apart in the playoffs. I, I think that that's yeah. that's not going to work in the playoffs. Yeah, I did. I, I couldn't. Think my yeah. take sits. Oh no, you go, Jake. Oh, I was I was going to say I, I agree with you, Beatty, in that there needs to be a different approach offensively because regular season, sure, fire away, go for your go for your life, no problem. Um, when you get to the playoffs, the biggest thing this, the Celtics have never had like a bread and butter thing. The, the the Tatum Marcus pick and roll like was really like was pretty effective, but teams were just you, you could just switch Tatum and Marcus Tatum and Jalen like they're they're just too similar like of of players where you you can you're comfortable with whatever defenders are defending both you probably feel the same with those guys defending whoever gets switched onto right that's been what's really been their undoing in both playoffs runs has been teams switching, throwing zones at them and like just not being able to beat it. Like Brad in his press conference has been like, we're going to go Porzingis in the post. And I know Porzingis in the post when he was at Dallas was a disaster. He was so much better in the post last year. Like he, he was, it was Jokic and him were the highest on points per possession. So he's, he's, he seems to have gotten he, like really made strides last year. And Brad Stevens is making the bet that that was real and that it wasn't like good stats, bad team stuff. Um, that's the bet that Brad Stevens is making. Uh, obviously, Washington was terrible, but you know they had their own version of a big three with Beal, Kuzma, and and KP. But yeah, you go. I I like I don't even think. I mean, that was still when it was Rick Carlisle. I, I don't even think KP played that much in the post when he was in Dallas. I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't have the stats. I don't. I haven't done that research, so I don't know. But like, and I, and admittedly, I'm gonna put my hand up. I didn't watch that much Washington last year, so a lot of it is like obviously research. So the people have done deep dives, and you want to pull out numbers and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> I and I, I, I totally can. I can see it with. I can see what you're trying to say. I can see the logic behind it, but I, I just still think that there's there's still so much more work that. Boston have to do in other areas in order to enable it. And that's, I think they can, but it's just like, is that going to happen? And I, I also have grave concern. I know I defensively, I just think that he is still a guy that I, I just think you can go at him in a pick and roll. I really, if you've got a small nippy guard, I, I really think that he's going to have trouble. And I, I guess the idea in Boston is that there's so many other plus defenders on the team that hopefully that you can kind of make up for that in a, in a system defense. But I, I do think that that is another concern. I like, I, yeah. I think I think I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I am intrigued yeah. to see it. I, I think yeah. it's, I'm glad that they're not bringing back the same team because it's it's going to be a different Boston Celtics yeah. next year. I I'm just at a point right now that I just have a lot of faith in Brad Stevens. Like every move that he's done, he's has kind of worked. Uh, the only move that hasn't worked so far has been Schroeder, who came in and he got rid of him straight away. 
you know, and that was a low risk, like, you know, mid-level signing. So I, you know, they, they went to a lot of drop last year. Pretty much everybody runs drop and like, unless you're the heat and you have Bam out of bio and like, even that has its, like the Celtics switched a shitload the year before and it eventually ran out against the Warriors because you just switch Harvard onto Steph and you're dead. Um, he's a really good drop defender. And what I think he does allow you to do is you can still, you can play Horford with Rob roaming in that role and you can play KP and drop with Rob roaming as well. So you can still have that. And then offensively, KP is just like as good as Horford on offense. So you can play him with Rob. Um, so I, I I just, I just, if, if Brad sees the basketball fit, I kind of like start talking myself into it as well. Um, and yeah, I think the offensive upside of Porzingis, I think he's betting on. And like, yeah, he only played 10 games in the playoffs, but you go, you go back, it's like he can attack closeouts, he can hit you in the mid range. Um, he's like a very, very, very willing shooter as a big man, which you just like don't have. Um, but yeah, I think. Had to had to do something, and like it's it, it's an emotionally massive move. But the reality is, like he's gonna yeah. be, he's he's making less money than like Chris Middleton and Jeremy Grant. So if you need to get off Porzingis, you're probably gonna get fine value for him as well, as long as he doesn't do his ACL. Yeah, yeah, I think the contract is is it's fine. Like I'm totally happy, and it's one of those things. Like you say, yeah, totally. I think you can move that if if it all goes pear-shaped or not how you hope that it goes. So in that respect, I think it's sweet. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's an end of an era without Marcus Smart. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think uh, you're both right, honestly. I think what you're saying, Jake, that about the fit and how Porzingis is going to work in this team, I think he will. I think all those things are true. I think... The post-up stuff is absolutely right and it will translate. I think all of that is correct. And I also think Beatty's right that for two years now, the Celtics have been essentially in a very similar position and the same thing has gone wrong. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can't execute the, the must-execute players and Marcus Smart a series. And, and Marcus Smart. I think... The Porzingis stuff will work and they'll be a very good team and they will get to the same spot next year. However, unless Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can make some kind of quantitative jump in terms of clutch basketball, I still think it's going to end up in the same way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... it's kind of where I'm stuck at. That's that's kind of the, yeah, it doesn't matter how good KP is at shooting threes if... Tatum's just going to turn the ball over eight times or Brown's <laughs> going to dribble into four defenders and turn the ball. Like, that's kind of the issue that I have with it. And that's why I'm all for trading Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard because I think Lillard <laughs> would help in that. He would address that. So that's where I'm at with Boston. Yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, that's yeah, But, like, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Like, dropping Marcus Smart, again, emotionally is tremendous. However, that is one less person on the court that typically flames out in clutch situations, might turn the ball over, blah, 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 blah. Who knows? It could he, be... It could he was never scared of a clutch situation, though, was he? That's no, have we, have maybe, we even <laughs> seen Kristaps Porzingis in a clutch situation? Maybe to his no. detriment, though. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, yeah. it's, a fair, it's a fair point, baby. Like, we anyway. don't know. He, we don't know if he's going to work. And also, Josh, this is yeah. also a nod well, we, to we, empowering Derek White. Um, and I think that, like, betting on Derek White... Yes, as you're, yeah, absolutely. As you're, I think... It's pretty clear that his ceiling as your point guard is 
was is the is much higher than Marcus's just because he's a much bigger offensive threat. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably a good segue because we're going to jump into some free agency teams, how they've gone about free agency so far. Maybe quick fire, go through, yeah. give them a bit of a grade. Um, shout out any particularly strong moves. We will start with the Rockets, who have had a bizarre free agency. <laughs> we touched on it a bit earlier, how they've essentially signed a second old team to complement their existing young team. They've signed Fred Van Vliet for three years, $128 million. Jesus. They've signed Jock for four years, $32 million, although we did say earlier only next year is guaranteed. This is the real bizarre one. They've signed Dylan Brooks to four years and $80 million. And they've signed Jeff Green, who is an NBA champion and a great locker room presence, to a much more sound one-year $6 million deal. <laughs> I don't really like it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like, to be up front. I don't really like it at if they, all. If they hadn't I don't done see the, yeah. the benefit of any of this. <laughs> If they hadn't done the Dylan Brooks deal, I would like it. Like I kind of agree they, like they had a, a maturity problem. They got a, they need people to come in here and tell Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green to pass the ball. Um, but the Dylan Brooks but thing, like just, Freddie Van Vliet didn't come here just to like. Well, what is this? They, these players they want to play. Like oh, Fred Van Vliet's going to Van start. Vliet's on a three-year deal. If he plays well over that three-year deal, he'll get another good deal at the end of it. Maybe oh. his last one. Like, what's the go here? Like, are the are the kids coming off the bench? Like, it's a weird. It's I really a, don't get weird. it. Dylan weird. Brooks is yeah. a weird one. Like, you talk about you want to bring high character guys in. You bring Dylan Brooks, who famously was not very high character in the playoffs he, for the Grizzlies. I don't know. He's more yeah, high character know. than his star point guard. I don't know. Okay, maybe, but like, you don't poke the bear. He single-handedly woke LeBron up, which ah, is a dumb move. Ah. And it was arrogant. He's saying like, I yeah. don't think he's the best till he drops 40 on me or some shit like this. Like, that is not mature, high-character locker room yeah. shit. Well, they don't have to worry so, about making the playoffs. Yeah, very so weird. they won't run into that issue. I guess I it's get, a stealth tank. Is this another stealth tank? I don't know. Like, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't own their end, pick. I guess. They don't own That's their what pick. they're doing, but... Well, so they, they want to be half sense. decent. Yeah. I give bad, it a yeah. D. Yeah, How about you, fellas? C, C, C. I agree. I like the without Brooks, it's I'm fine. But the Brooks thing in particular is just it's a bit weird. Like I just don't like. I guess you're banking on hey, obviously his reputation's taken such a hit. He needs to come back and and really play well and 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 repair some of that but at the same time he's just signing him for four years so it's like <laughs> he can he can chill for another three years and keep being a dickhead and then just yeah. sort of back out in the in the contract year yeah, yeah or play great next year and then flame out after that it's just like how does he know, get more than herb jones i know he's restricted but like uh, it's it's maddening yeah it's maddening anyway baby uh how about the lakers the lakers Dropped Schroeder, Beasley, which might be a little bit controversial, but hey, they dropped him. Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown and brought in Austin Reeves on a ridiculously good deal considering what everyone was anticipating going into this free agency period. Four years, $56 million. 
They brought back D'Lo on a contract that you can stomach, 37 million two years. They brought back Rui Hachimura on a very similar deal, three years, 51 million. (laughs) Three years, 33 million for Gabe Vincent. I tell you what, these undrafted guys that the Heat developed, they owe the Heat everything. Yeah, we're going to see what the Miami Heat exchange rate is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 33 million, three years. Taurine Prince, one year, 4.5 million. Cam Reddish, two years, 4.6 million. Jackson Hayes, two years, 4.6 million. That is really good work. Like, I, I was reading it somewhere the other day, and it's absolutely true. Since they fluffed bringing in Westbrook, they have made astoundingly strong moves every single time. Um, credit where credit is due. Lakers will be a good team next year. How are we feeling, Bait Dog? Yeah, I, I really like it. I, I think this is a team that was in the conference finals, and I, I certainly don't think they've gone backwards in, in any of these moves. I, I think they're going to be thereabouts again. Obviously, it, it, everything kind of hinges on on Davis and LeBron, and, and I know that sounds crazy to, to still be putting LeBron in that category, but it you know they need those guys to be playing the lion's share of the games in a regular season, I would say. Obviously, in the playoffs, you, you hope that they're there, and then you're going to get them, but... I think that this is the, the right kind of team that they've put around them. I, I, I don't think any of them are necessarily egregious deals. I think the D'Lo one, maybe, like the uh, money really? is probably a bit high, but like, I yeah, but even then, like, I don't think it's terrible. Again, I think it's something that can be moved if they want to move off it later on. Like, it's, sure. it's not terrible. And that was a guy that played meaningful minutes for them in the playoffs. So I, I think when you look at it, through that lens, like this is, if anything, the, the guys that they didn't bring back, like Schroeder was, I mean, I suppose they didn't want to pay him and, and ultimately he went, he's in Toronto now. He got yeah, paid. they just chose Vincent uh, over Schroeder, I think, which I like. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Uh, if anything, Lonnie Walker is the other one who, again, he, he played, again, in, in, in playoff games last year. So I, I think that's kind of where I'm at, I, I'm happy with it. I, I think that they're all reasonably good pickups. And some of them, like, I don't know whether Cam Reddish actually plays. I don't know whether Jackson Hayes yeah. plays. At the same time, though, like, they're, they're, they were in other situations where it didn't work out, and maybe this is the situation where it does because we, we did say that for some of these other guys. Like, Lonnie Walker was on the Spurs, didn't really work out, and then kind of got a chance in L.A. and, 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 and played well. So it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I, I think they've made good moves. I think it's. This is not a, a Westbrook situation. You haven't just thrown heaps of money and tried to form a, a big three with another guy and, and not even thought about fit because I think that the fit is there. Particularly the Austin Reeves one. Like that's the oh, guy man. who. I mean, he's the third best player on the team. It's and and the money, like you said, Josh. It's for, for what people were kind of saying before free agency started. Like this is a guy that was going to get the max and rah rah rah. Like this is a really good deal. If if if. They've managed to play this well, I suppose, with him. How, I'm Quick so, prior yeah. gut instinct grade. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, B, A yeah. minus. I, I think it's good. Like, I don't know how much better it could have been, right? Like, That's the thing. Yeah, I give it an A. Yeah. I think it's I think it's probably yeah. – I'm giving it a B plus just because I don't feel like they got close. Actually, maybe they did get closer to Denver just because Denver got worse. But, um, yeah, it's it's solid. To get Reeves for 4 for 56 is a f- – Unreal. The fact that no one else threw an offer sheet at Reeves is embarrassing, and then you should all be ashamed of yourself for helping the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure whatever got thrown at him, though, the Lakers would have just matched. I know. So make them They pay. got lucky. They got in first. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, how about the Cavs? They they dropped Chetty, who is now a San Antonio. Yeah, expert. man. Love that. Love that. Cannot tell you how much I love that. 
they dropped Chetty and Lamar Stevens and brought in Max Struess. This is one that definitely owes the heat. Four years, $63 million. And Georges Niang, three years, $26 million. Probably both overpays, if I'm honest. However, Cavs need spacing. So here we are. Look, shout out the undrafted boys from the heat, man. Like... Yeah. Respect, <laughs> like to get get these contracts. Struess is an overpay, but yeah, they need they need someone to play the three so badly, and yeah. Struess can have back to back years playing conference finals, finals starting on one of those teams. I am so intrigued to see the Miami Heat exchange rate on him in particular. So I think Vincent in the on the Lakers is still going to be good. I like I I think he's just solid. Like Schroeder wasn't the most efficient offensive player anyway, uh, but Struess. Four for 63 is big deal. Um, mm. But, hey, it's better than bloody Duncan Robinson on five for 95, whatever it was. So, um, mm. And, you know, again, in this economy, dude, everybody's getting paid so much money. Like, these aren't – it's like they feel like a lot, but – and they were two or three years ago. But nowadays, like, in two years, this will be this will be peanuts again. It's just like the money's going up so fast. Um, I give it I give it a, a, a C plus. Yeah, I give it a C just because I'm never a big fan of overpaying just because your specific team needs a, sh- a shooter, you know? You don't just, like, break the bank to bring in a shooter just because you need one. It has to be long-term, sustainable, blah, 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 blah. So, C. Particularly these guys as well. Like, like I don't really yeah. think that there's many other attributes that they, they, they bring aside from shooting. Yeah. Either, either of these guys. Like, I... Like I mean, I don't. Is, is Struess a, a positive? Is he a plus defender? Like I, I don't. He, he, I don't. I wouldn't. He's a conference final defender. Like he's he solid. Play. He's solid. But I enough. like I, I. And like I, I don't want to rag on on Niang, Niang but like I don't think that Niang is that that good. I really don't like. And I, I watched him in Utah, and then obviously he's had a couple of years in in Philly, and like I think that was another team that. Like you said, Josh, they just desperately needed spacing, and so all of a sudden he was actually in their rotation. But it's just like, how many how many teams is he in their rotation for? And like in that sense, it's a great deal for him, awesome. But like, I, I kind of hate it for the Cavs. I really, I really do. I, I, and again, I, I think the Cavs are not banking on either of these guys to come in and be foundational pieces. The the development for them is still in Garland, and 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 obviously you need Don and you need. You need the big fella to, to kind of make another leap on offense. That's probably the the, the, the the three things. And you need Jared Allen to not be terrible in, in the playoffs as well. But mm. that's the Yeah, the I mean they, uh I'm gonna say C as well. I just I get it, you need shooting, but I, I agree with you, Josh. I, I hate paying paying for guys that only give you shooting and that's it. Mm. Okay. I, I know you gotta go, rounds. I know you gotta go, finally, go Josh, so we can do a quick quick grades on the Suns. Yeah, yeah, Suns. Okay. Eric Gordon, two years, 6.5 million. Keita Bates D up, two years, 5 million. Now, fellas, every now and again, yeah. I single out a yeah. Spur <laughs> yeah. who is way better than the NBA give them credit. Keita Bates D up is that guy. He will shock everyone. On Later in the year, everyone's going to be like, what the hell? This guy can play. I th- Honestly, I think I think he's better than he thinks he is. Two years, $5 million <laughs> is nothing for what Phoenix will get out of this guy. Um, and Metu from the Sacramento Kings, another great player, $2.5 million. They made 
with no money at all, some of the shrewdest signings in the whole of the NBA this offseason. And it wasn't on overpaying 37-year-olds chasing a ring. Like, these players are ready to contribute. They're in their primes. I give it an A. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think from considering considering they had, like, what are they going to do? They're paying a billion dollars to three yeah. guys. Yeah. So like, it's like... Um, I, I how am did they a, do that? Yeah. If, I, if I could bet on the over on what KDD ups is going to score, rebound, assist next year, I would bet the over because I know you're going to be right about this. I know, Josh. I'm, I'm never doubting Josh <laughs> on this type of take ever again. Um, yeah. But, and like Metu, I really like. Eubanks he's just like, he's... Oh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah Eubanks, Eubanks, Eubanks as well. Another former Spur. Um, played last year running under the rim for the Portland Trailblazers and, you know, picked up five points, five rebounds, a block pretty much every game. Um, but honestly, like, they brought back Damian Lee. They, like, it's just they have a pretty good bench and, like, they did it with nothing. It's crazy. Yeah, I um, guess these players, are, they, they saw Bruce Brown last year, saw him sign a deal that was less than what he was worth win a championship and then go sign 50 million for two years the next year. I'm sure a bunch of these guys are hoping to do exactly the same thing. Love it. Shout out Bruce Brown, by the way, making 20 plus million. How good? Yeah. For 48 million over two yeah. years for the Pacers. Yeah, man. I, this is a, this is a, we a were saying like he yeah, got underpaid me. last year. Yeah. Like this is a minus. Yeah. I, I just I don't know. I struggle with Phoenix now. I'm out on Phoenix. I oh no! I've, I've had enough of this. Team, I would have thought you're all for this. I, so would I. Always wins out. They have Jane such Bain, a talented super team. teams. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but I like Kate. Kate is such a bitch, man. Like, I, just, <laughs> I, I, I the, the 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 Brooklyn thing just didn't work out, and I like how is it going to be? Di- like obviously it's different players and all this sort of stuff, and. If anything, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Booker, but like at the same time, like Booker's got great teammates around him at least, and then you know, yeah, you expect them to be strong. But it's just one of those things where we we saw him flame out in the playoffs last year because they had to carry such a load, and it's like, well, does this supporting cast now fit a little bit more? I, yeah, it probably does in that sense. Even I think the uh, who's a Watanabe one one of course as well, and like, he shot. Yeah. 45% from three. They got him on a minimum. Like, I don't know like, how they got him on a minimum. Handy players. Who where were the Cavs there? Where were the Cavs? Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Yeah. Pay, pay Utah's four million instead of two million. Yeah. Or 60 for Max Schreiber. Yeah, what the hell, dude? <laughs> but yeah, to, to answer the question, like, it, it's it's on par with the Lakers, right? I, I, I don't think it's terrible. It's just, you know, I I, I have more doubts on, on their, their starting five getting it together than, than, than maybe what whatever you need to get out of these guys, I suppose. So, yeah, I'd say A, A, A minus. It's, it's, it's good, but I, I'm just over Phoenix. I'm done with it. I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm really yeah. surprising myself. I'm really getting behind it. Like, Me too. What the I hell's going on? All, this, all these moves actually do make them a better team than they were last year. And last year, they showed if they can give KD and Booker enough breathing room to just flame off, like go ham. Then they can pick wins off the Nuggets and Nuggets are going to be a great team again next year. But like 
this supporting cast allows KD and Booker to just score the ball. And that is really fascinating to me. I'm curious how Bradley Beal will fit into it all. I'm curious if Aiton is anything more than just a 10 and 10 guy kind of filling in center spot. But if they can make it work, I think there is something really red hot here. Mate, Eubanks is the winner. This guy, is, <laughs> oh, he's going to come out looking red hot when Aiton yeah. can't stay on the floor and, and he's out here being the, the starting center. Yeah, <laughs> true. That, that's going to be a problem. But yeah. Oh, man. How's right. that? Yeah, man. What a little run through. Oh, and of course, bef- before we go, shout outs to Wembanyama for going yeah. number one in the NBA draft. I'm so uh, keen for. I'm so keen to watch him at summer league. It's gonna be nuts. I yeah, think Spurs' yeah. first game might be Saturday Aussie time. No, no, they, they played yesterday, but he, yeah, he's not he playing of, yet. Of, no, no, no. Oh. Of all the, of all the summer leagues, I think he's playing the last one, which is right. Vegas. Well, no, yeah. So they do the Vegas is like the but proper showcase. One. Like, you know, he, like that's where they do yeah. like the proper showcase where most guys will play if they haven't yet. Um, yeah, I, I wish it was like Thunder. Um, versus versus Spurs, that would be sick. Get a little mm. Chet Wemby d- duel in Vegas. But, yeah, we'll just man. have to wait for the regular season, my friends. It's been like Spurs propaganda. Like every day, it's like Tony Parker's having dinner with fucking Wemby, and they're watching a film at the table. And I'm like, oh, let's just let's settle down, settle down, Josh. Just hose yourself off. All right. Do you see? Just- do you see? The- <laughs> <laughs> you see the big dinner with Ginobili, yes. Admiral, and Tim Duncan. Yes, that's I did. so cool. I, I love it, that. It is sick. It is sick, mate. Sure, is sick. Surely, there's a Spurs package that they could put together and go get Dame. Yeah, come on. Is Dame yeah. and Wemby a playoff team this year? Come on, Definitely. let's do it. Definitely. Let's get it. Let's get over the line. No, no. <laughs> Spurs, Spurs will give Wemby the worst teammates in the world and give him all the time he wants on the court this year. Hopefully they don't do that great and they get another red hot pick and then we're talking. Yeah, they haven't really done anything. Looks like they're slow rolling it, which is exactly what they should do. Do not accelerate. The way they should do it. Yeah. 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 Greg Popovich signed a new four-year deal to stay on as coach of the Spurs and year four is when they will be good. Okay, I reckon they'll be better in year. I don't know, man. This guy is supposed to be, yeah. yeah. I think there'll be a playoff team maybe maybe even next, but not this coming season, but give him another year. Who knows? If he's, if he's that good, why not? If he's Kareem. Right? We'll see. We'll Come see. On. But they, they will. I, I can absolutely see the Spurs. If he's just like fucking shit up, come all-star time, they'll just shut him down for the rest of the year. No way. Like that, I, I can, yeah, yeah. I can see them just like, if, if if it is that he's winning games, they don't want to win games this year. Like they they do. They don't care. They got the guy. There's no reason to tank anymore. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't this, know. Also, I, this draft apparently the, sucks balls. The Spurs feeling in me. This this draft coming yeah, up. Yeah, like, I've heard no, that. Like, but like they no said that cares. about Giannis's draft. Yeah, well, that was, was a freak accident that Giannis became good. He was picked 16th. No, but the, they said like that draft sucked. And all the players that like thought everyone or the scouts thought would come good didn't, and the ones that no one expected anything of became Jokic and shit like that. Well, so Anthony Bennett, Oladipo, Otto Cody Zeller, Alex Len, Nolan's Noel, Ben McLemore, KCP, Trey Burke, McCollum, that's MC- MCW, Stephen Allen's Olinik, Shabazz Muhammad, Giannis, Lucas 
Naguera, Dennis Schroeder, Shane Larkin, Sergey Karasev, Tony Snell, Gorgie Jang, Mason Plumley, Solomon Hill, Tim Hardaway, Reggie Bullock, <laughs> Andre Robinson, Rudy Gobert, Livio Jean Charles, Archie Goodwin, Nemanja, <laughs> Nedovich, Alan Crabb. Like, this is a disaster, dude. It's a pretty bad one, yeah. yeah it's a disaster. It's like, obviously, obviously, Giannis, a bit of a diamond in the rough there. But like, Without Giannis, this is it's, like, uh, it's not great. Awful. Yeah. So, th- th- is th- that Jokic's draft? Uh, no, you got to keep going 40, down. He's 43? second round, man. He's in yeah, the he's yeah, in no. the taco commercial. No, yeah, James Franklin <laughs> went forty first in this draft. 40, 42, 43? No, he's not in here. He's not in here. It must no? have been the year after. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to care. Case. I don't think they're going to care. I think they're going to try and be good and not make dumb moves. Like he'll play like sixty five games. Wait. I can't wait for the Spurs OKC Western Conference Finals this year. <laughs> <laughs> lock, lock it in let's do it we'd love that well I guess otherwise that is pretty much all we have to talk about today big run through of all the happenings post finals yeah. um, we will no doubt have a few weeks break Jake's off to Europe and upon his return we might just check in how everything's been travelling yeah. but until then dear listener You've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Peace.